Hey, don't look now, but here comes Hollywood. The Love Times 2 podcast starts now. Welcome to 139, the official podcast of Love Times 2. Here is your host, Mike Victor. Hey, welcome back to the Love Times 2 podcast. This is where our mission is to love every mom and every baby, no matter what. This is the official podcast of Love Times 2. And if you're interested, you can learn a whole lot more about us by going online to lovetimes2.org. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for free email updates and consider making a year-end tax-deductible gift, tax-deductible to support our efforts. Your gift is going to help us do things like producing this podcast, expanding social media outreach, and uh, targeting some messaging campaigns that we'd like to do in 2020. And we're going to grow our efforts uh, to surface new Christ-centered solutions to win hearts and minds. We have a whole lot planned for 2020. We're hoping to grow by leaps and bounds. Your year-end gift really does help to set the stage uh, to help make that a possibility. So if you can help with that, just know it's going to be greatly appreciated. And uh, you can do that just in a matter of seconds uh, by using our secure online giving portal. Now, today, uh, we're diving in again on our three-part discussion on abortion business strategy. Now, let me just say that if you've missed parts one and two of this discussion, I really encourage you to go back and listen to parts one and two first and then circle back around to listen to this one. You know, it might make a whole lot more sense that way, but, you know, that's completely your call. You can find the first two parts of this series uh, on Apple Podcast, and as long as you're there, you might as well go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Now, this will probably, and I say probably loosely here, this will probably be our last discussion in this series, at least for now, so we can switch gears and move on to some other topics. Now, rest assured, we are just scratching the surface so far in this discussion on strategy, so we will definitely be back on this topic in future months. There's just a whole lot more we need to talk about, so we just don't want to get bogged down in uh, discussions on strategy. Now, today we're taking off from one of the abortion business strategies we discussed in part two, and that is the strategy of using movies, television, fashion, and art to try and reach a cultural tipping point in favor of abortion. Now, I just can't stress this enough. It's all about the tipping point. Let's all say that together. It's all about the tipping point, not about getting everyone to like abortion. That's a really key distinction that we all need to understand if we're going to really get a grip on what's happening around us culturally. Uh, When we talk about TV, movies, and so on, what we're really talking about is what we collectively call Hollywood. You know, this portion of the strategy is really just a takeoff on any number of issues on which Hollywood has proven to be a successful tool in shifting the culture in a lot of other areas. So it's really nothing new to see this powerful force uh, used to accomplish a cultural shift. What is new is the newfound aggressiveness in which Hollywood seems to be exhibiting uh, right now on the issue of abortion. Now, the appearance, at least, is that Hollywood seems more eager than ever to carry the water for the abortion industry. Now, Now, hear me right on this. I'm not saying Hollywood has never waded into this issue. I'm just saying that it's sort of taken off the gloves in 2019, and really, it's becoming obvious. I mean, if you're watching what's going on, it's becoming very, very clear. The shift has become so prominent that it's even captured the attention of the New York Times and writer Kara Buckley, who recently authored the storyline Hollywood and the Matter-of-Fact Abortion. Now, Buckley writes, and this is her quote, abortions are taking place or being talked about on television at record levels. 
End quote. Now, at the end of this, at the time of this article was written in July, nearly two dozen characters in TV shows or movies had talked about having abortions with no regrets and no apologies. They just approached it as just a matter of fact. This is a normal thing in life. Uh, the Times quotes Gretchen Sisson, a sociologist at the University of California in San Francisco, as saying, quote, you're definitely seeing more of the matter of fact I'm pregnant, I don't want to be, I'm going to have an abortion, end quote. And then she adds, it's gone way up in 2019. So even, you know, this person, Gretchen Sisson, uh, the sociologist, is making the observation on this. And in some of the shows cited in this New York Times article, uh, you have a single millennial woman who says she feels powerful after having an abortion. Uh, A character in another show uh, says she was pregnant, she prayed about it, and she was just going to have the abortion. And yet another character in another show says that what she does with her body is her choice. And in another show, a lead character says, my situation's not getting any easier. I have decided to terminate. Now, I'm really not sure anyone is surprised. Hollywood is moving this in this direction. In fact, I'll just say it. Nobody's surprised. I mean, this is no, this is no shocker to anybody, uh, but it's the pace. That's the key. It's the pace at which Hollywood is ramping up on this issue that should start to raise some eyebrows. Now, the previously quoted Miss Sisson tells the Times there were 18 instances of abortion storylines for the entire year of 2018. Now, but by July of 2019... Uh, when this New York Times article was written, that number had already reached 21 for the year, just seven months in to 2019. So uh, here, as you're listening to this podcast at the end of the year, I haven't seen the latest tally, but uh, my guess is we're going to end up well over double uh, the number of incidents in which abortion storylines appeared in things coming out of Hollywood. So here's one of the big questions that might come out of all this. What are the key takeaways from this aggressive shift by Hollywood. I mean, what do we make of it all? That's the point of having this discussion. What do we make of this aggressive shift? Well, here are a few takeaways from my point of view. Okay. I'm just going to throw this out there. Number one, most of the abortion storylines are on streaming shows. And I'm going to talk about more, uh, talk about that more here in just a minute. Number two, for many of the writers and creators involved, the political intent is absolutely explicit. One writer uh, quoted in the Times article just flat out said that normalizing abortion uh, is of the utmost importance to her. That's why she wrote the storyline that she did. Uh, number three, another writer said they wanted to show a character making an abortion decision and then just moving on with her day. And in other words, nothing to see here, no big deal. Those are some key takeaways that I think we can look at as we see Hollywood ramping up uh, on its aggressiveness on this issue. Now, This leaves us with several questions in thinking through the potential impact of Hollywood flexing its muscle through these tactics to normalize abortion. And top of the list is, does Hollywood really have the power to push this message effectively or is this just a whole discussion about nothing? Well, let's just take a look at a few stats that might help us answer that question. Remember the key takeaway about most of these shows being on streaming services? Now, if you're locked into over-the-air satellite or cable programming, you may be shocked at the cord cutting that is leading a communications revolution here in the United States. Netflix has approximately 55.6 million paid subscribers in the United States alone. Worldwide, that number jumps to 124 million. Now, get your head around this. 81% of adults between the ages of 18 and 35 have Netflix accounts. Let me back up just in case you missed that. 81% 
of adults between the ages of 18 and 35 have Netflix accounts. Worldwide, Netflix users spend about $1 billion, that's $1 billion with a B, hours per week watching Netflix as a streaming service. That is a lot. I mean, what else do you say? Um, One billion hours per week watching Netflix. And it just so happens that Netflix took the lead role in denouncing a recent pro-life law passed in the state of Georgia early in 2019. Now, is that coincidence? No way. I mean, that is not coincidental. Let's rewind back to a common theme running through this entire three-part series. There is a strategic plan unfolding, and it's not unfolding by chance. If you've learned nothing else from this uh, strategic discussion, I hope that that is what you're picking up on. There is a strategic plan unfolding, and it is not unfolding by chance. Hollywood isn't just stumbling into this new aggression by complete blind luck. There is a concerted effort to use entertainment and art to shift the culture towards a tipping point, and that can only be achieved when the majority of hearts and minds are dulled down into accepting that abortion is just a normal part of everyday life, just like you know, going to the dentist or going to the store. Here is the 50,000-foot summary. The abortion industry has a problem, and that is that way too many people, including millennials, are still uncomfortable with it. So they must mitigate that discomfort by telling the public over and over and over again, this is normal, there's nothing to see here, it's no big deal. And they have a strong ally in Hollywood to lend a hand. But the one thing their normalization effort cannot avoid is the real reason why so many people just so many people remain uncomfortable about abortion. And it's because a helpless baby dies in every abortion. And this raw fact, coupled with the real-life regret that millions of women have experienced in the wake of an abortion, is anything but normal. Hey, that's it for this episode of the podcast. If you have questions or comments, email me at podcast at lovetimes2.org. Don't forget, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and to like us on Facebook. If you can make a year-end gift of any amount, this is the great time of year to do it. Always remember, change the culture and the politics will follow. This has been 139, the official podcast of Love Times 2. Join us in the journey at lovetimes2.org. That's love, the letter X, and the number two, dot O-R-G. Thanks for listening.